What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, bring incredible guests from all over the world. So sit back, relax, and tune in. My next guest is a certified sound healer, positive and spirituality psychology coach, a food freedom coach, and currently becoming a yoga instructor. All those good things, all the things that I love. Please welcome Tina Wynn. Tina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Deanna. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Oh, me too. So those are a lot of awesome certifications you've got. Yeah, I'm a, I'm kind of a certification chaser. <laughs> but like that, I just, there's so many things to learn. And I just love learning. And the more that I learn, I feel like the more that I can help people. So it, uh, it's really been remarkable, all of them, really. Oh, yeah. I don't think you could go wrong, even if you just did it for yourself. Like, you're going to learn so much and like that personal development is just awesome, right? So obviously, when I have someone like yourself on that is that are getting certified in all these modalities to help people heal and all these things, it always stems from somewhere, something that they've been through. So mm-hmm. I always like to hear the backstory on like, what was the motivation for you to begin to get certified in all these things to become a healer? Because obviously, you've gone through something that brought you to a place to want to help people. Yeah, I mean, we're all just trying to heal ourselves at the end of the day, right? Yeah, So um, in my 20s, I developed an eating disorder because I thought I needed to lose weight. And I think due to lack of information, what was available out there, I didn't know how to do it. Everything was telling me to restrict and eat less at that time. So um, I wasn't in control of my emotions. I had no healthy coping mechanisms. So eating less just set me into a downward spiral. And I had no other way to cope with it than to turn to food. And it was it created like a negative feedback loop. The more food I ate, the more I was failing my diet. And then the more I despised myself, which led me to then eat more food. Yeah. Uh, so that developed into an eating disorder for me very quickly. And it lasted probably all of my 20s. And I call it the lost decade for me because... Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, the only thing I could think about in my 20s was how do I lose weight? How do I eat less? It was literally the only thing that consumed my mind. It was an addiction for real. Um, So I'm finally past that and I'm at a healthier point. I have healthy uh, relationship with food and I'm able to cope better um, through all of these certifications too because I took them to help myself. And so I've learned how to meditate, like yoga, exercise, and now I'm able to regulate myself through a healthy manner. And I feel like just going through everything that I did, it was so dark. It was so lonely. I had so many friends, but I was so alone in my struggle. Um, that really drives me to talk about this whole journey. And it really, really inspires me to help as many people as I can just avoid that entirely. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like eating disorders is like the silent killer, right? In, in really? like a, if a person like yourself has an eating disorder, you're labeling yourself a certain way. And that's a label that creates you to withdraw and to really kind of feed into that monster even more. And it's something that, you know, we when you're younger, like even in high school, you know, they don't really talk to you about it. Like for young girls, especially because we are we're raised around this idea of what we're supposed to be. Right. Again, those labels. You're supposed to be this way, you know, look this way. And that's not always the case. And instead of teaching us like healthy ways to manage our relationship with food and ourselves, 
you know, we turn to we turn to things that aren't healthy for us. And so do you do you know anybody else that's kind of gone through the struggle like like you have? I do. Unfortunately, a lot of people seem to have eating disorders or um, even if they don't officially call it an eating disorder, they have a lot of disordered eating habits, yeah. um, turning to food to cope with your feelings um, or like starving yourself you just because you're just so stressed, like you don't have any appetite. So you just stop eating. A lot of people struggle a lot with food. And it's unfortunate because like everyone needs food in order to survive. Right. Yeah. So it's not like not that like alcoholism or being a drug addict is easier, but like you can block those out completely. You can completely abstain from whatever it is that is hurting you. But with food, you have to eat every single day in order to survive. So you're constantly being faced with the thing that is torturing you. And um, it is incredibly hard in, to get a hold of everything, to feel like you're on track again. Yeah. Do you did you ever figure out, because usually there's an underlying issue, right? Whether you're addicted to alcohol, drugs, you know, sex or food, there's an underlying issue that is causing, creating that addiction or this like bad cycle, this vicious cycle that you get yourself in. Did you ever like come to the, like where that was stemming from? I believe it is a self-worth issue. Um, I don't, I didn't for a long time believe that I was worthy of love or respect or anything. I wasn't taught that growing up. I was kind of taught that like I needed to perform in order to deserve love. I needed to get an A um, in order to um, get praise from my family. I needed to be skinny in order to get like attention from guys. Um, I always needed something else. And I had to like through this whole journey, I've really had to learn that I have had everything that I needed. And I I was always looking for, you know, validation from other people. And I've had to learn how to give myself that validation first. And of course, it's something that I still struggle with. I think oh, yeah. it's a core, you know, hole in my heart, <laughs> that feeling of not being worthy enough. And it's just the more that I talk about it, the easier it gets, because I believe that shame breeds in silence. So the more that you suffer your shame by yourself, the more that it grows. And the only way that I've been able to move past that is to talk about it and to talk about it more, because the more that you talk about it, the more that you realize that other people are going through the exact same thing and they are all struggling with self-worth as well and when you realize that even your idols are struggling with self-worth you're like okay well if like this amazing person that i've built up in my head struggles with their self-worth then it's probably normal that i am also struggling and if it's normal then why do i feel so ashamed about it yeah no you hit it you hit the nail in the head you know i mean i myself even though at this stage in my life, you know, I have to discipline myself every day to wake up and just be grateful and just stay to stick to a positive mindset, no matter what comes at me like, OK, I'm going to get upset over this. But it's not a reflection of who I am, not a reflection of my self-worth. I was raised. My father was very abusive. He abandoned us. I then got into I was, I'm a survivor of human trafficking. I got involved in drugs. I had abusive boyfriends. Like the scar my underneath my eye, which you can't see, is from a, a, a boyfriend that abducted me, took me in the middle of nowhere, thought I was gonna, thought he was gonna kill me, and so I've had to do a lot of like personal develop and like counseling to get over that. But 
those things that people say to you at an early age or the like how we're programmed, right? We're like, do, 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 programmed. None of us have anything, have any perfect background. None of us. And if it does look perfect, that the, the parents did something to show them like love unconditionally from the beginning, they will find something else to make themselves feel bad until they realize their own self-worth. I think that's a journey each and every one of us on the planet, male, female, has got to go through in order to realize our true potential and our true value. So you are definitely not alone. You are beautiful. And the fact that you've done all these things just shows how incredibly accomplished you are and are going to be. Thank you. And, you know, I think the funniest part is that we don't even know that that's what we were struggling with. It as I still feel like I uncover layers and layers as I'm growing. And it's like, I didn't know that that was a problem, but I had to solve the first problem in order to get to the second problem. And it's just a constant relearning of how to continuously love yourself. Yes. Oh, see, that was beautiful. Look at that. <laughs> oh, hi. It's your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. I'm here to share an exciting opportunity with you. I've recently partnered with SecureVPN.io. They specialize in protecting your online activity, such as transactions, your online searches, your privacy protection, and it protects you from any data leakage from hackers out there that have access to your information. So please click the link in bio and take advantage of the special opportunity with SecureVPN.io. Again, this is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. And so now with all of these things that you do, tell us about like what how, what you offer for your clients and helping them because you have a lot of different modalities here to help them with healing. Is there one specific area that you work on with them or is it just strictly like the food, their relationship with food? Please uh, share with us like what you like what you offer your clients. Yeah, so with my clients, we work on emotional eating and their relationship with food. And if they need help with meal planning, I used to own a restaurant as well. So I'm very um, well versed in food. So if they need help with meal planning, then I can help them with that. I can give them ideas. I'm really good at food prep. Um, so anything around food that I like to help with, but especially the relationship with food, because your, like, your reality is defined by your beliefs and your mindset, right? And if you have this belief that, you know, I, I'm not worthy of feeling good and um, food is my enemy, then it doesn't matter what kind of meal plan you make. You're always going to struggle with it. So we need to understand where those beliefs come from. Um, and it's, it's like as simple as changing your mind, but it's as difficult as changing your mind because you just have to decide that like, that's not who I want to be anymore. And as soon as you decide, truly, truly decide, then everything can change and it can change so easily, but it's that shift in mindset that is the key that will change everything and that will make everything long lasting. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I love that you're a certified sound healer. So do you, you do the bowls? Yeah, I have sound bowls. Yeah. I love those. My sister has a set of those and I just kind of sat there and I was just like messing with them. And the vibration was just so like addictive to me and so calming that I, I think that is such a great modality. So how do you, you integrate that with your clients when you're working them through their relationship with food? 
So I'd like to create guided meditations for my clients. And I'll record a guided meditation. I'll use the sound bowl in the meditation. So when you sign up with me, I send guided meditations every now and then. And there's a bank of guided meditations that you can access at any time and how I incorporate them. That's awesome. And so what does your program look like? What Or who is your avatar? Like who is your like ideal client? So I, I enjoy working with women first and foremost, but I am available to work with anyone. But women who are, you know, successful in their life and they've got everything that they want, but it just feels like they're missing something and they don't know what to do with food. A lot of the times these women have been on a diet for their entire life and it just feels like nothing has ever worked. And now they feel like they've tried everything and they don't know what's next. Um, or they're feeling like out of control because they just keep eating emotionally and they feel like this is a habit that they need to stop, but they can't or they don't know how. So that is my ideal client. And I love just getting into the habits, like what's going on, working around their self-worth and seeing what's behind there and really embracing the mindset of like, this is all possible. You can do it. If if I was, I, I know it's so cheesy, but if I can do it, then you can do it. <laughs> it's not cheesy. There's, there's a lot of truth to that. So what, like, what would happen if someone never actually like dealt with these issues? Like what, what would be like the, um, the lash back if they never, if they just kept on this path of, you know, having this bad relationship with food and having, and just staying, having an eating disorder as part of their long-term life? Mm-hmm. Well, eating disorders are deadly first and foremost. But secondly, it would just be a cycle of constantly not feeling good about yourself. And then it's usually a cycle of dieting and then binging and then dieting and binging. So you, anybody can force themselves to go on a diet for two weeks, a month. Yeah. But after that, what happens if you restricted yourself very hard for four, four weeks, usually after that you binge. And then you binge for a week or two and then you feel bad about yourself and it's like, okay, well, now I feel absolutely horrible. So now I need to go on a strict diet again. And maybe you even make the diet more strict and it becomes even harder. And then after that diet, you binge again and it's binging even harder. Um, so that is the cycle that happens. And if if you are able to get past that cycle, but you don't address the emotional work behind it, the coping, I think it would be less severity, but you would still have a diet and a binge cycle. You would believe that like chocolate is bad for you and you'd feel like a bad person every time you ate chocolate, but chocolate isn't bad for you. You know, there's lots of health benefits to chocolate, so it doesn't make sense. I like in the depths of my eating disorder, I used to feel bad about eating yogurt and raspberries because I thought it too many calories. Yeah, I was very sick and I just eating yogurt and berries. I was like, what am I doing to myself? Like, this is not a good meal. Um, and so it's learning about nutrition as well. Like I had to reteach myself that this is totally acceptable. Like I am a human. I need calories. I need to survive. And um, first and foremost, how do I survive? Yeah. Yogurt and berries is a great snack. That's not a meal. That's a great snack to have. Like. I eat a lot, so I don't have, like, I've dieted for bodybuilding shows, and when you diet for a bodybuilding show in the right way, not an unhealthy way, you, like, teach your body to eat every two to three hours. So, like, mm -hmm. I get hungry every two to three hours, and so, like, your body needs fuel, and especially if you're trying to, like, be healthy, 
your body needs fuel and it needs good fuel and you need to like it's just it's so important um that's actually my preferred way of eating now every two or three hours because for me when i get too hungry then i can kind of get into a negative mind space or when i eat because then i'll overcompensate for the hunger and i'll eat too much and then when i eat too much i feel too full and then i can i could kind of sometimes be like okay well now i'm going to feel bad about myself because i ate too much so it a lot of people thrive with intermittent fasting, only eating a couple of meals at night. But it, it really depends on you and your relationship with food, right? I used to starve myself and try to eat as little as possible. And it would, I used to think it was crazy to eat five meals a day. Wow. But now I eat five meals a day every around three hours like you do. And it's just, you're just happier for me. Like I'm, I'm never starving and I'm never too full. And it just feels great all the time. See, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Every two or three hours, guys. That's that's the key right there. Do you have a success story with one of uh, with one of your clients you could share with us? Like maybe like taking them through your process, and then maybe what the you found was the underlying issue for them that you could share. Not don't name names, obviously, but mm-hmm. that you could let the audience know about. Um, um, one that happened recently. I was talking to a client, and she used to. Um, exercise a lot, eat healthy, and she used to be fit back in the day. She's older now, um, and she's having a hard time getting back into it. And um, number one, I told her, like, you were probably pushing yourself so hard back then that now it kind of feels like it's going to be so much work to get back to what you were. And so that kind of barrier makes it feel like like, I don't have all this energy to do all of that work that I did back then. And um, I told her, you know, just break it down into smaller steps, just small habits every single day. Um, with another one of my clients, the only thing we focused on was five air squats every single day. And if, as long as you did that, you could consider the day one because it's just building the consistency of showing up for yourself every single day, right? But um, going back to that older client, I am I asked her, like, I forget how I worded it, but she used to talk about exercising and it just sounded like it was a punishment to herself. Like she exercised to become smaller and she ate so that she could be smaller. She didn't eat to um, celebrate her body. She wasn't nourishing herself in any way. Everything was with the intent of becoming smaller. So I asked her, like, what would it feel like and what would it look like if you did this out of love? Like how... If you exercised because you loved your body, because you knew that moving helped you feel better, going at it from that angle, would you move more? Would you just be grateful that you did a five-minute walk instead of punishing yourself and making it an hour? And just that realization for her um, really changed the way she ate too because like, am I eating because I'm punishing myself and I need to be smaller? I just have to have a tiny meal and that's it. Or am I eating because I love myself and I want to eat these vegetables because they make my body run better? I want to eat this protein because I feel stronger when I'm eating protein. Just that simple mindset. She stopped overeating. Um, This was just a week ago. I spoke to her. Since then, she's already stopped overeating. And she's like, it just feels easier now when we're approaching the exercising and the eating. Like if I can do it from a place of loving myself, then it becomes something that I want to do instead of something that I have to do. And like, I'm punishing myself. Yeah, no, see, I, I 
good for her. Good job for you because that's a beautiful thing. Like working out to me is like necessary. But I need to get to the gym or I turn into a very cranky bitch. Mm-hmm. You're doing it, right? Because you love yourself and yeah. because, you know, if you don't do it, then you're going to feel awful after. Yeah. And, yeah. and that really helps because on the days that you don't want to work out, because like we don't want to work out all the time, but you know, if I don't do this workout, I'm going to feel even worse later in the day. Yeah. And so because you love yourself, you are willing to put yourself through that uncomfortable first 15 minutes of the workout. And then after that, it's like, okay, I can keep going. I feel better. Amen to that, sister. Tina, where can people find you, connect with you, and learn more? Uh, my website is tinasarena.com, T-I-N-A-S-A-R-E-N-A.com. And then my Instagram handle is tinas underscore arena underscore. I'm most active on Instagram, but if that's complicated, it's all on my website. Awesome. And if someone wants to work with you, do you do like a consultation call? Do you, is there like a required amount of commitment that they have to make with you? What does your program look like? Yes. So I would like a minimum of a 12-week commitment to work with people because I feel like it does take a little bit of time to get into a groove. And like 12 weeks isn't really that long anyway. So a minimum of a 12-week commitment. And I, I've just started a group coaching program. So this, uh, the first run is just starting this week. And so the next uh, group coaching program will be open probably mid-March. So if anyone wants to do it in a group coaching container, it'll be a little bit more affordable, but it's one-on-one, sorry, not one-on-one calls, but it will be one call weekly for 12 weeks where we discuss. And I actually love group coaching because um, maybe you don't come to the aha moment yourself, but you can listen to someone else's realization and it, you just feedback off of each other. And I think it's magical too. Absolutely. You guys and put those links in the show notes. So if you connect with Tina and you're needing some help with your relationship with food and your journey, and you're feeling a little bit bogged down by what to do, go click those links, go connect links, connect with her on social and just reach out and have a conversation and see if it's a good fit. Maybe jump into that group counseling class or group um, coaching class. So I think that might do you some good. Tina, this is the part of the show where I like to ask for less words of wisdom or advice. What would you like to leave with us today? I would like to everyone to know you don't need to be so hard on yourself. I think everyone is so hard on ourselves. We try to show up so perfectly, but everyone is just doing the best that they can all the time. And nobody has any idea what they're doing. So (laughs) are we doing great? (laughs) I love it. That was awesome. That is right. We, we, I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay. We're all winging it. We're all winging it. That's right. We're winging it and we're winning. So that's it. We're just, as long as you show up, you're winning, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Tina, thank you so much for sharing your story and being so vulnerable and open. I know that coming from like having an eating disorder and coming from that place is really hard for a lot of people to talk about, but you are helping people just kind of maybe deal with it themselves and coming to a realization that they're not alone. So thank you so much for that. Thank you again for having me. This is a great conversation. You're welcome. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.